0: Our mission as a church is to equip the body of Christ to increase in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and with men. We're glad that you joined us for this edition of the broadcast. It is our prayer that this broadcast will be a blessing to you. Here now is Pastor Otuno with today's message.
1: So today as we enter into the new month we are going to begin we are, we are going to begin to question, you know, begin to question, you know, if uh, question some of the things that we have taken for granted. We are going to be able to see and, and look at and say, okay, the dreams and the aspiration that God has put in our heart at the beginning of the year, because I remember at the beginning of every year, many of us have our own aspiration. We want to say, okay, this is what I'm going to achieve in this new year. This is the things that I'm going to do. This is the direction that I'm going to go. These are the new things I'm going to do. These are the things I'm not going to do anymore. Okay, so it seems like yesterday when we welcome the new year, you know, it seems like yesterday. And today now we are already in June. And before you close your eyes again, it's already December, you know, and we are looking at another month. You are looking at another year. So it seems like yesterday when we all had those high hopes and all those dreams and all those aspirations. And today, as we look into, as we enter into the new month, some of us are beginning to question if those dreams will ever see the light of day. We are beginning to wonder. Those new re- those New year resolutions, those things that I say I'm going to do for my family, I'm going to do for myself, I'm going to do concerning my career. We begin to wonder, are these things ever going to happen? Because of the fact that some of those things are not going the way we expect them to go. Some are wondering if those aspirations are ever are just going to be a mere mirage. Or are they going to just be an illusion? Is this something that will exist only in our imagination? Are they going to see the light of day? Some are therefore afraid, you know, to even hope for tomorrow. Some are afraid even to dream of something big again. But if we are going to see our dreams and our aspiration come to life, if we are going to see our church, our family, our, you know, our job move into a new dimension or move into the place where it's supposed to be, if we are going to do, you know, if we are going to see the realization of God's dream for our life, we have to do more than hope. Okay. We have to do more than hope. We must dare to dream again. You must dare to come to that particular point where you were. At the beginning of the year you know where you were thinking what is this new thing that is about to happen what is this new what is the new year going to hold for you must get to that point again if we are going to move forward because what you find is that there is a tendency that you wake up you go to work you wake up you go to work you do life at one point in time it becomes boring at one point in time there's no energy to move forward at one point in time you begin to wonder you know what is the next thing what is the next thing and then the excitement begins to fade but if you are able to get into that mode, when you are able to dream and be excited about what is coming in the future, you'll find out that the Lord Almighty will begin to open for us new opportunities in the name of Jesus. The question is that, what is it? You know, the reason is because if we are going to fulfill the call of God upon our lives as individual, if we are going to reach our community as a, you know, as a church, if we are going to do what we're supposed to do in our places of work, we must equip ourselves to be effective, not just in our personal life, Life, but in our families and in the places where we have been involved. Okay? If we are going to fulfill our call, if we are going to fulfill the call of God upon our lives, if we are going to reach our communities for Christ, if we are going to be effective, you know, if we are going to effectively equip the body of Christ, we must equip ourselves to be effective in our personal lives and in our ministries. And that simply means that you have to be able to go from where you are to where we need to be. We need to be able to move from where we are right now to where God expects us to be. We need to be able to move from where we are to where we desire to be. And the reason is because when we move, when we move from where we are to where we need to be, when we begin to make our lives more effective, what you will find is that our private life is affected. You know, our private lives become affected. What you find is that what we begin to do in our lives, when you are happy in your house, when things are going in the direction you want it to go, what you see is that when you come into the public square, people begin to see it. They see it when, they, when things are going on very well at work. When things are going on very well in the family. When things are moving in the direction they are supposed to go. What you find is that everybody who encounters you will feel that particular energy. They will feel that particular spirit. They will see that something is happening in your life. But before they can feel it, it must happen in your life first. And before you can, before you can begin to happen in your life, you must believe it. So basically, I'm saying that our private life affects what we do in the public. That's basically what I'm saying. If your home, if your, if your home is happy, people who meet you will see you as a happy person. If your life is what it's supposed to be, you will find out that everywhere you go, you will spread that same joy around. So our private life affect our public work. Not only that, our private conviction affect our public profession. In other words, if you don't believe that God can hear and answer your prayer, why would you want to pray? Okay. If you don't believe that God is able to heal you, why do you pray for healing? But if you believe that God will hear you when you pray, if you believe that God will answer your prayer, if you believe that God will turn things around for good in your life, what happens is that you are excited about going into his presence. You are excited about seeking his face. If I believe that any of my sisters sitting down here, if I walk into their offices or into their home and I say I have a million dollar problem and I talk to them and I know that they can give me a million dollar problem, a million dollar, they can write a check of a million dollars for me, what happened? I'm excited to go to their offices or to their home because I know I'm going to get what I want. But if I'm going into their houses and I'm looking at them and I'm saying I need a million dollars and they're telling me I have not eaten since yesterday, what happened? There is no excitement to go in there. What I'm saying is that our private conviction affects our public profession. And that is why today, or maybe in the next couple of weeks, depending on how God will help us, we are going to be focusing our attention on equipping, uh, on equipping the individuals on a more personal level. Equipping us so that we can fulfill that which God has breathed into our lives. The things that God has opened our eyes to see. The desires in our individual hearts, those aspirations that we have, not just for ourselves, but for our children, for our wives, for our husbands, for our family, for the community, for where we are. Those things that God is putting in our heart, that every day you wake up you say, I wish I could do this, I wish I can do this. The intention of our next series of, seminars, or next series of our messages is to be able to equip us so that we can do those things. And I pray the Lord will help us in, day, in Jesus' name. And we're going to do this and you'll be, you know, there is a number of way to do this, but I'm convinced that if we equip people on a personal level, if I give the tool, if we give an individual the tool to be able to do what they need to do, what you will find is that they will be better. They will be better to be able to pray, you know, serve their community, better serve their family, better serve themselves. They will even be more richer. There is a, there is an adage where I come from that if you have one rich man, okay, just one rich man, among a thousand people, that rich man is a poor man.
2: Yep.
1: Okay? Because by the time everybody will start pulling him, all his money will come down. But you can imagine if you have a million, a, a, a guy with a million dollar in the midst of 20,000 people with another $2 million dollar, all of them are rich. Yeah. I used to tell my friends that I'm not, I, I'm not envious when you are rich. Because I know if I have a million dollar problem, I know where to go to. Okay? <laughs> But if all of us are poor and I have a million dollar problem, I am in a very, very serious mess. Okay? So that is why we need to equip ourselves as individuals. That is why we need to equip ourselves as a body of Christ. That's why we need to equip ourselves as a family. If I have an issue and my sister has the ability to solve that problem, nobody outside will know that I have a problem because it's already been taken care of. Okay? But if I have a problem and my sister can't help me, my sister can't help me, then we are not in a very good shape. And that is why we need to equip ourselves. Okay, that is why we need to be able to move ourselves on a higher level. And why why is it important to equip somebody on a on a personal level? The first thing is that because motivation to act is stronger when you see the benefit in your own life. Okay, when you see the benefit of go, of of, of, a, of a, a taking a particular action in your own life, what you will find is that the motivation to act upon that thing is is better. It's stronger when you, when you see the result in your own life. But when you don't see the result in your own life, what happened? There's no motivation. It's like it's for them. Not for us. But when you see, you close your eyes in prayer, and you talk to the Almighty God, and you say, Lord, I want you to visit me in a particular area, and by the time you turn around, you see the result of that particular prayer, what happened? You are motivated to pray again. Because you have seen the results. But if you pray, 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 and no answer, what happened? We pray, what is the result? You get the idea. So when you equip people on a personal level, motivation to act is stronger. Number two, the result is more personal. Just like I talked about the issue of prayer just a minute ago. What you find is that you pray and you ask God, I want you to give me a promotion at work. Or I want you to open some particular door for me. I want you to do something special for me. What you find is that when you see the result, it is more personal. You are not talking about what somebody, what God did for somebody else. You are talking about what God did for you. It is very difficult for you to challenge that kind of a person. If God has blessed you in a, in a particular way, people can talk about that. the fact that there is no God. They will say, yes, you can say you don't know God because you have not experienced it. But I have experienced it. Yeah. So the results are personal. Number three is that the impact is easily felt. If it happened to you, you know. If it has not happened to you, you can argue. But if it happened to you, you know, and then find the influence is immediate. Because if I'm trying to convince somebody that God is able to hear and answer prayer, if I'm trying to tell somebody that God will visit you at the point of your need, and we pray together, we held hands, and we say, Lord, let's trust God for certain things in our life, and we both held our hands, and we trusted God, and God did it in your life, if I tell you let's pray tomorrow, what happened? It's easy for you to join me in prayer. It's very easy, because you've seen the results. So the influence is immediate. Somebody who is opposed to coming to church, Somebody who's not happy being in the presence of the Almighty God. If God visits that person in a definite way, that person will be the first person to be in church the next day. He'll be the first person because the influence is immediate. The question then is, how do we equip Christians to be equ- to be effective in their personal lives and ministry? Like I said, there are a number of ways in which we can do it. But this morning, I want to start from the very, very foundation. Okay. I want to start from the very foundation. And that is, I want to be able to, I want to do it with one particular strategy. And that strategy is to challenge us to dream again. Challenge us to dream again. What do I mean by that? I mean, we must be able to challenge ourselves to see what is possible. Okay. To be able to see what is possible. What is God, what God can do. The power of the Almighty God. The realities that exist beyond what we are looking at right now. What is possible to be achieved? Why does a student sit in class for days and continue to study and to study and to study? Why? Because that particular student is able to see that if I study very well today, it is possible for me to graduate at the top of my class, go to college with scholarship, graduate and get a particular profession and then become the top of my profession and then begin to live the dream. That is the dream that they have at the back of their mind. And that's why they are willing to be able to pay the price right now. But if you are not able to see beyond the pay today, you are not able to see beyond what you are looking at right now, what you will find is that there is no motivation to act. Why would I want to save money? Why would I want to spend time in the library? Why would I want to waste my time disciplining myself if there is no future for it? Why? What is the motivation? So if we are able to train ourselves to dream again, if we are able to train ourselves to see a desired future, if we are able to see what the poss- what possibilities are out there, the things that God can do for those who trust in Him, if we are able to see those things, what you will find is that you are able to move in a new direction. You are able to move with a new kind of energy. You are able to move with a new kind of focus. You are able to move with a new kind of determination. You are able to be able to move things. You are able to move in the direction that God wants you to move. So the idea, the first thing to be able to, before you can equip anybody, is for you to be able to paint a picture of a desired future. The first question I want to ask you is that what is your dream? A year from now, how do you see yourself? Two years from now, how do we see ourselves? Five years from now, how do we see ourselves? Ten years from now, how do we see ourselves? Unless we have a picture of a desired future, my brothers and sisters, we are going to remain on the same spot. Mm. And that's why the Bible says that where there is no vision, what happens? The people perish. Because they waste the resources that will create a future for them. They waste it when there is no vision. If you don't know the power of one dollar, you will waste one dollar. waste it. Because by the time you add a dollar to another dollar, it becomes two. You add two to another two, it becomes four. You add four together, it becomes eight. And that's what is called the multiplier effect. It keeps on growing. But if you don't understand the power of one, what happened? You waste it away. The same thing. If you don't understand the power of today, you will waste your tomorrow. So that is why for us to be able to equip ourselves as Christians, equip ourselves as a church, equip ourselves as a family, we need to be able to paint a picture of a desired future. We need to be able to paint that picture. Some will say, what do you mean by painting a picture of a desired future? You need to be able to challenge people to dream. Okay, You need to be able to let people see what the hope of tomorrow looks like. There, where there is a dream, there is a hope. Where there is a hope, there is faith. Where there is faith... All things are possible. That's what the Bible says. But it all starts first with a dream. Because if you can't see it, you will not be able to pursue it. Okay? The poorest man, according to some of the popular saying, that the poorest man in the world is not the man without money. Okay? But he is a man without a dream. Because you can have a lot of money. If you don't have a dream of what to do without money, the money will find a way out of your life. And that is why people who win lottery always go broke. Majority of them. It's not because the money hate them. It's just because they have not developed the discipline to keep money. They have not developed the discipline to keep success. The man who is poor is not the man who has no money. It's the man who have no dream of what to do with it. Dreams and ideas rule the world. Okay? Ideas and dreams are so powerful that many nations of the earth are ruled by the, th- by the thoughts and dreams and ideas of men who have long since died. You will hear people talk about America they will say the founding fathers, the founding fathers. It's a dream, it's an idea. America was an experiment in those days. It was, it has never been done. And it was, it was, and it was because a group of people had an idea. They had a dream of a land where everybody will have the potential and the uh, the ability to be able to achieve their dream. They had that idea. They put it into place. And that's what you see today. Mm -hmm. Ideas and dreams, they are the ones that make things happen in the life of people. That is why I am saying that we are going to challenge ourselves to dream this month. We are going to challenge ourselves to pray. We are going to challenge ourselves to extend ourselves. We are going to challenge ourselves to step into new territories. Because it is only when you do that, that is when you grow. That is when things begin to happen in our life. We are going to encourage ourselves to venture into new territories. Do new things. Form new relationships. Do things that we have never done. Why? Why are we going to do that? Because if all of us remain at the same level, if all of us remain at the same level, we are not going to benefit each other. We are never going to benefit each other if we all remain at the same level. If we keep doing what we have been doing before, we are not going to reach our communities for Christ. Okay? We are not going to. We are never going to reach our communities for Christ. And there are so many people who are dying. Yes, yes. yes. I'm sure many of you have heard about the story of a guy called uh, Martin Luther King. Yeah, Mm -hmm. you probably heard of him. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure many of you have heard the story of. You have heard the message. You have heard this popular saying, "I have a dream." Okay. What most people do not realize is that when you talk about, I have a dream, is that this, you know, that particular dream, the speech that the speech, I have a dream was a cry, was a, was a heart cry of a man who dared to dream because he had no reason to believe what he was saying at that point in time, but he believed it because he was able to dream, to see a particular society where people would be equal. Okay, before M.L.K., before Martin Luther King, voiced his dream to the American people. The first, he first voiced that particular dream to himself. To himself, he first believed the dream. He first ran with the dream that the dream pushed and propelled him before he was able to declare it publicly. My brothers and sisters, we cannot see into the future. You cannot see a possible future if you yourself don't even believe it that a possible future is possible. If you don't believe the future is possible, you can't see it. That's true. If you don't believe that, even if the future is possible that you are not going to be a part of it, you won't be able to see it. Okay? So before, before, Martin, before Martin Luther King Jr. was able to declare the speech and say, I have a dream, he, he voiced that particular dream to himself. He told himself that, yes, I, it is possible to have men and women, black and white, being together. He voices to himself. He was able to believe that particular dream first before he was able to say it out. He was not only that, he was able to run with that particular dream. That was why he was willing to march everywhere he went to be able to stand and say, yes, I believe in this particular dream. Because he was able to run with it. And then he did not just wake up one day and say, I, I, I have a dream. No. He didn't just wake up and just say that's the next thing he wanted to do no he did not just wake up one day and say no i am dreaming of a society with, with with no segregation No, no 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 he didn't just wake up to do it okay he saw the dream before he declared it he saw the dream before he declared it you remember the bible told us in one of the gospels when Jesus Christ sent his twelve disciples out, he said they should go out and preach. And when they came back, they saw, we say they said they said they said people began to respond to the gospel. Jesus Christ told them something that was very important. He said, I saw Satan fall. In other words, before they went out there, Jesus Christ already won the battle. Before you can see your future, you must first of all have won the battle of the future in your heart. Yeah. Because if you cannot see yourself possessing something, if you cannot see yourself achieving something, if you cannot see yourself occupying a particular position, my brothers and sisters, even if I put you there, you might not be able to last. Yeah. You have to be able to see it. He saw the dream before he declared it. That's what happened to Mabel K. He saw the dream before he be declared it. He believed the dream before he declared it. Because if he did not believe it, he would not be able to say it. He ran with the dream before he publicly said it. In other words, the dream was pushing his life. He was doing everything, moving in the direction of the dream, even before he said it to another person. Unless you see yourself that this is the direction that you are going, that this is what God is leading you to do, that this is what you are going to become, unless you start moving it in that direction, nobody will follow you. Nobody. Why would they follow a man who doesn't know where he's going? I mean, why would you? The same thing. The man ran with the dream before he declared it publicly. Okay? That's what, that was why people went, the people responded to him because they saw a man who was convinced of the dream that he had. The greatest gift that God gave man is not the gift of sight, but the gift of vision. The ability to dream and see a possible future. That is the difference between a man and an animal. Because you can see where you can be tomorrow. You can see what God can do in your life. You can see the possibilities of things that can happen. And that's why when the Lord told God Almighty, gave Adam he gave Adam his, uh, his, uh, his mandate, he said you should go and till the garden. And then Adam was able to do whatever he wanted. The Bible said that any animal that was brought into Adam, he was able to give them a name. That is the power of his imagination. That was the power of a dream. That was the vision that Adam was able to create of a possible future. If you don't have that ability... You might pray from now to the kingdom come. They will lay hands upon you to your head look like my own. Nothing might happen. And I pray that will not be our portion in Jesus' name. Amen. The greatest gift that God gave to man is not the gift of sight, but the gift of vision. The ability to dream and see a possible future. And that is why when you talk about there's a woman called Helen Keller. When Helen Keller was asked, this was a woman that was blind, deaf. Am mute at the age of 18 months. When she was asked what was the thing, what, what was more terrible than being blind? She said in a very, very unique way. She replied, she said, What is worse than being blind is to have sight without vision. Mm. People looking like this are not seeing anything. My mother used to refer to those ones as dry fish. Have you ever seen a dried fish before? <laughs> the eyes are always open like this, but you can't see anything. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the worst thing that can happen to an individual is to have sight, you know, without vision And there are a lot of people in the church who have sight without vision yeah. There are a lot of people in our families who have sight without vision right. There are a lot of places in our communities with, with sight without vision Men, women, boys and girls, preachers with, who, are, who are able to see, you know But they cannot see a possible future mm-hmm. And that's why the Bible tells the book of Romans, Proverbs chapter 23, verse 7 You see, as a man thinks in his heart, so he is. If you see yourself in a limited version, in a limited capacity, you can't go beyond that. If you see yourself that you are able to achieve all things, then you can achieve it. That's why Paul the Apostle said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Because he knows that the power of God is able to move him from where he is to where he needs to be. As a man thinks in his heart, so he is so never let your eyes never let what your eyes see determine what your heart believes okay rather let what is in your heart dictate how you live your life what does that mean that simply means that if you look at certain things you might miss the mark there are so many things that when you look at them you might not see the full potential until the lord opens your eyes to see beyond what is what is you know what is in front of you if you look at an individual, if you look at someone like Moses, you will see a stammerer, but you might never be able to see a deliverer of Israel. Okay? No. If you look at someone like David, you only see a shepherd boy, you never see a king coming out of him. No. If you see, you know, if you look at certain people, if you, that's why the Bible says, we do not look at the physical. He said, we look, because the things of the physical, they are temporary, but we look at what is eternal, what is spiritual, because what is spiritual is eternal. In other words, you have to be able to see with the eyes of the Almighty God. That's right. Because he's the one that sees the end from the very beginning. He's the one who is able to see. That's why he's saying that. Don't let your heart. Don't let what your eyes look at. Believe what you know. Don't let you. Don't let what your eyes see determine what your heart believes. Because you might see an individual, he might not have all the pumps and the, all the glitters, all the things that goes with the eye office of, a, of, of of success. But if you look very very deeply, you can see all the seeds in it. You can see all the potential. You can see so many things. And it is when you look at those possible things that can happen that is when you invest. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: That's where you spend your time. That's why you pour your energy into that person. And that is why the best pe- the best way to spend your to spend your resources is to spend it on a particular individual because that is the only thing that has the potential of growing and that's why you see that the most rewarding job on earth though the most not very respected is the work of a teacher Because you can see a a teacher molding the life of an individual, molding the life of a boy, molding the life of a girl, and then maybe 10, 20, 30 years from then, you can see that particular child when you saw the child that you put on your laps when he was just 10 or 7, when he was just 5 or 6 years old. You can now see that child growing up to become a success in life. You can see, it is, if you let what your eyes see determine what your heart believes, you might miss the mark. You might miss the mark. But rather, let what your heart, let what, let what is in your heart, Dictate how you see life If you see joy in a, If joy is in your heart What you will find is that everywhere you go You will see the joy of the almighty God exactly. If you go, if you see that God is able to do great things in your life Everywhere you go you will see possibilities But if you think that God is a mean God Everywhere you go you will see angry faces Okay You will see that people are always out to get you Because that is what is in your heart That's why you say let what is in your heart determines how you see life
0: Thank you very much for listening to our program today. We invite you to join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. for our Sunday worship service at 2711 Murfreesboro Road in Antioch, Tennessee. We also host Bible study and prayer meetings every Friday at 7 p.m.
1: We would like to invite you to join us for the June edition of our
0: breakfast meeting on Saturday, June 9th, 2018 at 9 a.m.
1: The meeting will be held at the Holiday Inn located at 1453 Silo Hill Lane, Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Breakfast Connection is a forum for equipping believers to believe and share their faith in the marketplace. Childcare will be provided. We look forward to enjoying a warm fellowship with you.
0: Visit us online at www.lifelonganointing.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Join us next time for another edition of Fresh Encounter. On behalf of Lifelong Anointing Church, we thank you for listening.